Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep, and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things and for a limited time you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. With Mother's Day just around the corner, are you thinking about something truly special for your mama. I am. And let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? So here is how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email, and these can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And then mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And then guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. You get to preserve her voice and her stories for your family. I mean, imagine you're discovering stories about her youth, her adventures, the challenges that she had to overcome in life, the way that you two connect and relate, and also the way her grandkids will relate to her. I mean, this book becomes a legacy and something that you and your future generations can truly treasure forever. I mean, your mom's given you a lifetime of stories, so this is your chance to give her a way to share them. And not only am I creating one for my mom now for Mother's Day, but for my dad's birthday, as my dad is turning 80 this year, and I like to gift him with sentimental gifts. You know, he's gifted my family and I so many treasured moments. So I wanted to create something for us to collect these memories and for my future kids for them to know my father's voice. So beautiful, sentimental, easy to use. Let me emphasize, easy to use. And you can truly create one for anyone, your mom, your dad, your bestie, maybe even you. <laughs> so check out mylifeinabook.com and use code MAGIC at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code MAGIC for 10% off today. That academic backing behind me meant that I could ground the woo and become practical 
in the dream. And that's literally what I've lived ever since then without anything. And it took a lot of years of rewriting the inertia behind embarrassment around everything because I never felt authentic to where no wonder I was embarrassed by other people. I was embarrassed by everything. That it was years of undoing cultural inertia around assumptions I had about what I looked like and discomfort to have enough momentum to be where I am now, which is just now breaking away from like the running up the mud into we're here now. Now let the magic begin. Hello and Jaima, Jaima Yomis. It's Raquel. And if I sound slightly congested, well, guess what? Summer is here, and I happen to be in a very beautiful place on Mama Earth that does happen to have a lot of nature around me, which happens to curate a lot of pollen, which happens to create allergies in my vessel since I was a wee one. You know, they say that your allergies change every seven years, which might be true, but for whatever reason, since I came out of the birth canal, <laughs> this allergy never shifted, never changed. Anyway, hello. Hi, I am so excited about this episode. This episode is long awaited as it was honestly supposed to air at the beginning of this month, but you know, due to the state of events, we wanted to pivot the focus for your own magic a bit because there were extremely important things to focus on yet now is the time to share this episode due to its timely fashion to help prep you for july and what's to come with someone very very special to me marin altman i met marin her in bali when we met we looked at each other in the eye and realized we had the same eye color which is one of the rarest eye colors in the world which is an amber eye color and instantly soul connected <laughs> so i met her in bali as she attended the very first your own magic retreat and then came again to the second one in sedona as well along with Haley and katie rafferty also those two have grown so much i'm so amazed by all of these women every woman that with a capital w who came to the retreat pretty much like all the attendees i end up feeling more like a friendship with everybody because there really is just a soul sisterhood more than anything so had to have her on the show she had me on her amazing podcast modern magic which i will link in the show notes and we had such a beautiful conversation oh she is a natural a natural inquisitor <laughs> and the conversation flowed so well and she even filmed it and put her on her youtube so you can watch it on youtube as well our conversation and i'll link that as well in the show notes as we film that in sedona the magical place of sedona and she she does not love to travel as you'll hear at the end of this episode you know, she just she loves her East Village home in NYC, so that made it even more special that she decided to come to Bali and Sedona for this retreat. So honored, especially knowing the type of woman that she is, a woman with a capital W. She is so empowered and she's so unapologetic, just embraces who she is, naturally encourages everybody else to as well 
which you'll hear in this, along with her wonderful articulation of the cosmos and everything else that she is passionate about. I've also been able to witness from a distance this acceleration of her transformation within her, and I'm truly beyond amazed since the retreats. And also, perhaps she's taken a lot of tools from this podcast, along with a variety of other sources, as she actively listens, deeply listens to a lot of expansive subjects on anything that has to do with consciousness and astrology and spirituality. And she soaks up this information, but then she articulates it from her own experience in this very beautiful way. And she has a story that must be heard because there is so much that she has faced. And for a lot of people that might be feeling down or at a rock bottom, her story may help you in some way. And on top of all that, she also just graduated from NYU. I remember she actually had to do a class online at the retreat as she's studying philosophy and creative writing, which was fascinating to be able to be so present at the retreat, but also be able to do some of her own NYU work, which is not a piece of cake, I can fully imagine. And some of you may have seen her on my Insta stories during the retreats as she filmed the flows and the experience. And she herself is actually a yoga teacher. She's She has a wonderful practice. And so no wonder she's also a yoga teacher in New York, as well as an author, an astrologer, of course, and a vegan YouTuber. And now apparently a TikToker. <laughs> I remember this one girl, Alexandra, Shout out Alexandra, I love you too. But at the retreat, she was talking about TikTok and made a little mini vlog of the retreat. I also love TikTok, it makes me laugh. If you know me, you know I am, I'm a, I'm a goofball, I am. I'm kind of a goofball and I just, I love to laugh and I love lightness. So somebody told Marin that she should start one for astrology and a Marin did. And then six weeks later when we decided to do the interview, apparently she just blew up on TikTok. It's amazing and so, Definitely check out her TikTok. So fun. She talks about that at the end if you're curious as well. And also, if you have some favorite TikTokers, please send them my way. I want to soak it up. Send me a message. Actually, no. You know what? No. Send Marin a DM as I'm sure she'll love to hear from you. And I indeed love it when Yomis connect with Yomis and even non-Yomis, but people that just are very like-minded. So why not connect with someone who has the same interests as you if what she talks about does interest you? Her Instagram is full of very insightful information when it comes to astrology and what is going on each season, each day. And her Instagram is in the show notes at Marin Altman, which apparently means sea of sorrow, sea of bitterness, and to some sources, rebellion. And I love that rebellion piece because one thing that I've always honored about Marin is that she really paves her own path and in her own style, wearing her own style, unapologetically owning it, looking so beautiful, fully expressing and embracing her personality. And to be honest, one other reason why I really find this episode so special, and this is something that I do relate to as I evolve, in my spiritual practice that I relate to with Marin. Well, she talks a lot about grounding in these practices. She coined this term grounding the woo. She'll talk about this. And I do love woo-woo-ness. As I've evolved, I actually 
this is a reason why I want to talk about spiral dynamics sometime, but I actually have been myself grounding this woo, but really been approaching life more instead of just floating around as if it's such a fairy tale, you know, life and shadows have hit me and a lot of stuff has come up and I'm just witnessing the human experience on another level, which is very needed for my own expansion. And so no matter where you're at on your journey, you might have a moment where everything just feels so light and positive, but then there could be that moment where a lot of things hit you and it might take months for you. For me, it's been taking years, but it's such a great piece of my evolution because I'm able to understand so much more. And I think that Marin's expression as she articulates this information because she soaks in information in a very unique way. Great way for a lot of us to understand that everything that happens in astrology is not just woo-woo out there, but something that if people were to really dive in without that preconceived notion of the woo and the otherworldliness, the spiritual aspect of it, if they perhaps have more of a practical mind, as humans would say, and understand that astrology is really to help us out with understanding the structure of the universe, then perhaps people would be more open to learning about it. So I think that this is a very opportune time for people to be open-minded, whether you are extremely on one end of the spectrum of spirituality with the fairy woo-woo-ness or if your path for this human life is to not really resonate with new agey esoteric philosophies have a more humanized approach to life where you really want to see proof or you believe in a, that science needs to prove to you things before you believe them and that is fine i mean that truly is some people some spirits and some souls have chose that path and so i think that this is great a great episode for both skeptics and the woo-woos and anybody in between and i plan on doing a full solo on how i really perceive spirituality which may come as a surprise to you but it's shifted a lot as I've evolved and I see it as even more magical than what my fairy tale mind once saw it as and how this podcast actually why this podcast was birthed but like I said that can be for a later date without further ado because that was a lot of ado let's get to Marin shall we this woman with a capital W has a bright future ahead of her. I see it. I foresee it. And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Marin Altman. By the way, my very first that I know has been continuously listening to the podcast, Yomi, <laughs> and also coming to my retreats. When you were interviewing me, I was thinking and feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to have her on my show. I need to have her on Yom. But of course, I wasn't going to spill it out right there because I like to really meditate on things. 
And then I just remember it just felt so strongly. I kept getting the nudge. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a message her. She's got to. And I finally did it. And I was like, this is so right. This feels so right. And I'm just so beyond amazed and proud of you and everything that you've been accomplishing and just really listening to what you want to do and making it happen. Thank you for that. I have throughout the years experienced you as a definite expander for what I see as possible in spreading a message and in both compassionately and unapologetically embodying your own light. And so I bounce back in the same way of knowing as soon as I wanted to start my own podcast that I was like, who embodies that compassionately unapologetic light that also encourages others to take up space and shine. I was like, Raquel, like, no, no question. So yeah. You're making me blush. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you so much. Okay, Marin, I have to ask you my very first favorite question. What lights you up right now? What lights me up right now is practices that help me find my flow state because in the midst of such a world pause, there's never been so much open space for me to create my own reality. And even though I'm someone who really loves structure and routine and doesn't have a problem creating it for myself, the absolute absence of others in position of their routine on me means that I have even more capacity to see what works for me. So what's been exciting me is removing any of the noise of external requirements and being like, okay, this is actually what my body, mind, and soul are asking right now. And I can depend on what I know works for me without feeling like I'm at the mercy of someone else. So truly cultivating my own practices, like a morning routine that I've always been pretty fine tuned into, but right now really just routines and practices that cultivate magic flow states for me. Um, and you are so in alignment with whatever you're doing, whatever it is, it is working. It is working. Will you um, share some of the practices and flow states that you might be experiencing in the mornings? Yes. So mornings for me are a non-negotiable me time because I always have been a morning person who has never really had trouble getting my eight hours and waking up at six every day for as long as I can remember. It's just been a thing. And Amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. That's just always been um, a given. So waking up immediately first thing I do after I take care of what I need to do is I meditate. And I recently, after months of doing mantra meditation, like Japa and Mala Beads, I felt really called that that was no longer resonating within the past few days. And I recently had a session with an energetic teacher of mine who given some other current events that have happened as I've quickly gained more exposure have meant that I need to implement psychic protection practices. So I have a meditation that involves visualizing and engaging with my spirit guides and team to set up a protective veil and bubble around me for the energy that comes through on what I want to retain for the day. And I meditate for it usually lasts around 10 minutes, though sometimes it can feel like hours. Um, so I end up doing a grounding meditation around that first thing. And then I'm reading A Course in Miracles, and I've been doing that for almost a year now with the daily like workshops. And so I'm like day 200 something in, and 
that's a little prompt every day for what to consider that I think on throughout the day. And often it involves things like um, there's nothing to attack against or I decide what miracles I want to allow to occur, things like that that really prompt engagement throughout the day. And then I go to my bullet journal, which um, I love because, yeah, I have it here with me and it has the first thing in my bullet journal that I do every morning is my appreciation, which I find preferable to gratitude because gratitude is conditional, which is appropriate sometimes, but appreciation is non-conditional. So I write down three things I'm appreciative for, three goals I have for the day, my intention and my affirmation. And that sets up my day before I get into whatever movement I'm feeling, which is also a moving meditation for me. So that can be anything from a run to yoga, to a walk, to whatever I'm feeling. And after that, my day is set. And because I find the morning, my declaration of my vibration for the day being so in flow then means that I have a container for my day to fit into instead of having my day throw me around or at least if it does throw me around, I'm really well equipped and that makes an entire world of difference. And that's the basis for um, my day. And those are my favorite practices. No wonder the stars are beaming on you and the skies are opening up for you because Marion, that is such a beautiful, profound practice for your own soul. And I noticed that there really has been such a blossoming within you, just seeing that vibration hit on every single one of your Instagram posts, which by the way, I just love how you've cultivated your own unique authenticity. That is not like anything, anyone else in their own spiritual practice. And that's something I just really, really want to honor you for. And I'm sure you're really more able to tap in and own this, the more that you exercise your practices, starting off first thing in the morning. That is so beautiful. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It really took, I think, why I do prioritize so much time, not only alone, but alone focusing on what that authenticity is, is because like a lot of us, there was layers of conditioning around that before I even could realize that that was being impeded upon. And so as someone who does work towards empowered authenticity and always embodying a vibration of awareness, that's why I find it so important so that I can tune into the messages that really are mine for me. And I don't have as much noise or um, extraneous vibration of doubt that isn't necessarily mine impeding on me throughout the rest of the day. I'm sure that the listeners who do not know who you are like, wow, okay, I'm already so in love with this woman. Who is she? I want to know more about her. So let's start. I'm just, I'm actually more curious about your journey as well, because I do know a lot about you, but I don't think I know your entire journey that led you to astronomy or I mean astrology and the catalyst that led you to find this expression and just really indulge in what you are creating. So I'm so curious about your spiritual journey. Yeah, I was born in Houston, Texas and quickly realized that my, um, my presence was very perpendicular to the normal vibration and my family itself was not necessarily the very right-wing, hardline conservative 
environment that I was surrounded by because I did go to Christian school until I was 18. But I, I realized very early on that the vibration I held was just without me even doing much was innately contrary to a lot of what was happening around me. And I grew up in an environment where I was exposed to alcoholism and unclear discordant vibration really early on, which led me to question and led me to what I now realize was meditate a lot growing up because when I was in unsafe environments, if I was in a parent's car not knowing if I was going to like, frankly, make it out alive because I didn't know if the driver was sober enough to get me anywhere, I was not even dissociating because I was really, really present, but I was meditating and that same just really peaceful presence I took into other situations like I don't know being in math class in high school where I didn't care to be there so I was going to just go off in my own dream world and that embodiment and that awareness was something that I didn't realize was meditation so growing up I loved writing and I loved getting to embark on stories where I could create a reality that I didn't necessarily get to live myself. So I've always had a pen to paper and I started reading very, very young as well. I was around two when my parents said that I started reading. And so they gave me newspapers thinking I would want the cartoons. Next to the cartoons were the horoscopes. And since I didn't care about the pictures, I never wanted picture books. Like I, to, the, to this day, I would rather often listen to a podcast than watch a film. Wow. I, <laughs> yeah. I started reading the horoscopes and I didn't know what they meant or necessarily what the words um, meant outside of just learning the basics of language. But that verbiage carried through to me as I grew up on the internet. So that by the time I was six, reading those horoscopes had turned into pulling up my birth chart, which again, I didn't necessarily understand or even buy into or question, but I knew that I liked reading about these things. Hunting and pecking for horoscope took me to astro.com and somehow I had this natal chart in front of me. And I, I have age, by the way, what age? I was six Two? when I first yeah I because I remember that's when I had this desktop Minnie Mouse computer in my room and <laughs> I grew up with a stepdad who was like a tech guy so I was a cyborg before I could even realize that I'm a computer um and with that natal chart I actually had an incorrect birth time so my mom had given me my sister's birth time accidentally and Throughout my whole adolescence, I was researching my natal chart from there, researching astrology in general, looking up everything I could, partly because part of it didn't feel like it resonated or fit. And as I got older and realized that, yeah, there was no way in hell I was a Libra rising, like a social butterfly. No, 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 no. I was like, dad, I, I, is this my birth time? He was like, no, 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 no. This, like you were born in, in the evening at this time. And I pull it up, Capricorn rising, the years of confusion. Yeah. The years of confusion that had powered me to keep researching got me to a level of verse in astrology that at that point 
was enough to not only solve my own mysteries and validate my existence, which because I was in this very strange dynamic of having one parent who was an alcoholic who made me believe that I didn't necessarily exist because I didn't understand how someone could treat someone like that, to the other parent trying to compensate for that by um, aggrandizing me so that I didn't know who I was. Because in my two divorced households, there was an extreme discrepancy between my conception of self. And astrology, like a lot of people, was initially a self-entryway, which led me to enough research to determine how the trend of astrology as a personal inquiry is very recent. And astrology itself is just the study of celestial alignments in correlation with earthly events, which took me down to find my love for history. And there's a field of astrology called mundane astrology, which is historical events in correlation with the transits. And basically my love for astrology was always there even as I grew up as an actor and thought in high school that was what I was going to do with my life. I was still reading for people in a way that I didn't understand could be a career because drunk high school students love to shell out money for me to tell them about their upcoming love life and I would unveil really unseen traumas but still in the back of my mind I could never think of it as a profession and that was when I really was doing it in acting and I, my dream of going to NYU to Tisch School of the Arts came true and I was in New York but had hit rock bottom because I realized that I had worked so much for this applause that felt like absolutely nothing and I was incredibly unvalidated. I was incredibly... Um, down to a shell because I felt as if I was finally facing the fact that this endless search for eyes on me felt like nothing because I had gotten to where I wanted to be and realized that those people around me who were really embodying their truth didn't, that was not their conception of what being an actor was. I thought that they were annoying for being theater people, not that I was maybe in the wrong thing for not being a theater person yet in theater. Um, and once I was studying in New York, I realized that the highlight of my day was this required philosophy class that was filling an elective that I had to take. And I was like, wait, this is kind of weird. This is really similar to what I love hearing about with astrology, because even though I'm giving consultations, I really like researching the theory and the underlying concepts behind it so that to this day I love my client readings and that is still a lot of how I spend my time but I study astrology because I'm interested in the structure of reality and my clients are a symptom of that and I realized that yeah wait when I was in high school my friends thought I was weird because I loved my ethics class and my world religions class and it started to come together so that at the time I was at my most beautiful rock bottom that I knew was beautiful, but I still didn't know if I wanted to live or not. But at that time I had written a book. I was sitting on the book, not knowing if I wanted to have a dramatic, honestly suicide and then publish the book after, or if I wanted to let this, this book that I had out, if I wanted to just, throw away acting, which I now see not as throwing away because being an astrologer means you wear so many different hats that 
having a composure in readings, in um, videos I film, that 20, 18 years of, of acting comes, comes in handy to say the least. I decided after a spur of the moment tarot reading that changed my life and told me whatever this weird metaphysical thing you're doing, do it and write, write, release the book. The reader didn't know what I was doing. She was like, it's telling you to get your words out and study this weird thing. And I'm in a nutshell within six months of me hitting rock bottom and having the veil lifted, I saw before me that not only can I be a professional astrologer, it's what I've been preparing my whole life for. And I already have the information assimilated to now be ready to speak forward as this person that I am. And I, um, it gave me compassion because for so long I thought, I am this actor who is um, above everyone else who can't set themselves free to be an artist. You know, you're just going to go into being a communications major and inherit your father's company. Like, please, like, I, I'm above that. I'm following my dream. And then that gave me, that was a total, like, slap in the face that sometimes we can't even see our dharma because we aren't aware that there is such thing as a truth behind it all to exist. And at that point... I switched gears, started studying philosophy and psychology, and with those, like, that academic backing behind me meant that I could ground the woo and become practical in the dream, and that's literally what I've lived ever since then without anything, and it took a lot of years of rewriting the inertia behind um embarrassment around everything because I never felt authentic to where no wonder I was embarrassed by other people. I was embarrassed by everything that it was years of undoing cultural inertia around assumptions I had about what I looked like and discomfort to have enough momentum to be where I am now, which is just now breaking away from like the running up the mud into we're here now. I am so, so happy that you chose the latter, that you <laughs> stay and follow this and look at where you're at now and undo the cultural inertia. Ground the woo. Portal hype. <laughs> you have coined these terms that you told me about at the retreat and I was like, these are amazing. Oh my gosh. First of all, everyone's probably already like so deeply in love and resonate with so many pieces of your story. I already do too. Pretty much all of it, minus the being able to read at two years old <laughs> and studying astrology at six. Also, another note that came to heart. I think that in the future, you're going to meet somebody that was born your exact same day under your exact same moon, but they're going to happen to be a Libra and need to know about themselves. And you'd be like, I got you. Literally. <laughs> you're literally going to probably save their life too. This episode is brought to you by one of our very first sponsors, Hum, who I am so grateful for. And I'm grateful for the fact that they gift the Yomis 20% off when you use the promo code MAGIC. (laughs) But let me tell you about Hum Nutrition if you are unaware. Well, I, for one, am a testimony to the fact that Hum's gut instinct is extremely healing for the gut. It contains 10 strain probiotics, 25 billion organisms, and 30 vegan capsules for a 30 
day supply. I've talked about gut instinct time and time again on the podcast and I can't emphasize it enough how helpful it is and I haven't had to take it actually in a while which is amazing. So I highly recommend for anybody that might be struggling with their gut health at this time to just try out Hum's gut instinct but there are so many other types of supplements that Hum helps people's vessels out with. My mom always takes their age-defined skin cell protection supplement which contains turmeric, phytoponyphenols for antioxidants, and polypodium leuctomos. I probably again pronounced that incorrectly, but you know what? All I know is that it acts as a UV guard, so I've taken that as well, especially when I go to extremely sunny places and it's just a nice thing to know that I am taking care of this vessel in many ways. So again, their supplements have been meticulously selected to balance tummy issues, skin, nails, boost your metabolism, boost your energy, have deeper sleep, or other nutritional deficiencies with giving your body, your vessel, the highest quality ingredients. They are gluten-free, non-GMO products, and most of them are vegan. And so, for the Yomis, you may receive your free nutrition report from one of their nutritionists to find the right hum supplement for your needs. So, go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code MAGIC for 20% off. Again, that's humnutrition.com, promo code MAGIC. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe that promo code works even on top of other discounts that they might potentially have. Sometimes they have buy three, get one free, buy two, get one free, whatever. And I believe the code magic will still apply. So that's just something to keep in mind. So what can we expect in July, 2020 during this cancer and I believe it's also coming into Leo season, right? My favorite. What yeah. are some so as of heading into the fall of 2020, What's notable is that we actually have the planet Mars retrograde in Aries for most of 2020. And this is interesting because we have several retrogrades going on right now. We have Mars in its own sign of Aries retrograde. We have Jupiter retrograde in Capricorn, the sign of its fall. And we have Saturn also retrograde in Capricorn, the sign of its home. So there's several planets in particular, either strength or weakness, that are indicating a reversal, a delay, or a rethinking around what's happening right now. Um, there, with retrogrades, it's not so much inherently negative as much as it is troublesome and as much as it, it is a reconsideration. Because we have one of these planets, Jupiter in Capricorn, already debilitated, which means that it's the planet of expansion and abundance is in a sign where it has trouble giving out blessings and it's unempowered. And at the beginning of this year, we saw Jupiter joining Pluto, the planet of regeneration and death and rebirth, to indicate the spread the growth, Jupiter, of something deadly, um, Pluto, which has been the hallmark for this year. 
And now that Jupiter is going backwards and is has very recently met Pluto in both their retrograde motion, there's been an expansion of the consequences of too early stepping back from how this is handled. Um, even as we're recording this a bit before that happens, there's an incredible amount of reaping what we've sowed happening right now. And as well, we're in the midst of a Mercury retrograde at the beginning of July, which is opposite to this. And even though Mercury retrogrades in and of themselves aren't really a big deal because they happen several times a year, the fact that it's opposing this alignment of degenerative mortal expansion signals that there's a lot of rethinking around how we go, go, go without consideration for those consequences. As well, we're just getting over a Venus retrograde in Gemini, which now that Venus is moving direct means that we're choosing to make decisions in relationships and social norms based on the confusion or troubles that we've had recently. Mars then being retrograde in its home sign of Aries is a quite energetically troubled. Um, there's a lot of power here to vigorously go back so that there's a ton of retracing our steps. And there is the final chapter happening this July of a year and a half long saga of eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn. This has hallmarked the collective breakdown of old standing institutions and progress to identification around nationalities. So neither of these are positive or negative, but there's been a breakdown of like old structures and a lot of polarization. And the last kind of hit of this energy is taking place this July, on July 5th, to mark a final stepping into what we truly identify with as home. Because it's all too easy to decide that what is home is where we might literally see what we might see around us or what we might identify with what is being told around us. And there's also a lot of energy that is pushing us towards picking a side and feeling as if there's an other. And if we can recognize how much power there is to declare a home that we don't necessarily have to do based around the cultural inertia, which is a term I use a lot just because I feel that a lot of us aren't aware of that around us. This is um, something that I, it's not a portal that I'm hyping here. It's not portal hype. It's actually an eclipse that is a collective um, shard of glass, so to speak, that is actually very potent. Where for this July, if we can really consider what for the next six months we want to make our ideological home, um, and maybe consider that that is not one of polarizing against an other, but is a place of safety for ourselves, that can really color the rest of 2020. Because at the very end of 2020, 
there's going to be a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, which is the meeting of the two largest planets in our solar system of inner planets, um, if I exclude some, some, um, some planets that are outer planets. But Jupiter is expansion and it represents the collective knowledge and Saturn is limits and it literally represents what are the limits and groundedness of our uh, collective right now. Those meeting in Jupiter, Saturn, J Jupiter and Saturn meeting in Aquarius is literally hallmarking a 200 year age of air signs mm -hmm. where this has been a buildup for all of 2020 basically of there's a new paradigm of growth based upon foundations of ideological unity, but non-tolerance for that in which that which is immature. So that this huge rethinking of our own actions that don't take into account our own safety, which directly relates to beliefs around others, is going to be very much building up to a lofty boundary set at the end of this year that will likely further make some of the social or physical distancing more ingrained, but also connect us on a more ideological level, at least until 2022, when there are some less harsh things happening. But 2020, um, it's funny because there was a New York Times article that is like, no astrologer got this right. Like, I'm like, what astrologer are you speaking to that is legitimate? Because this has been, there's plenty of um, like, academic books written on the veracity of the transits for this year that will continue into the second half of it. Wow. Do you have any books that you recommend? Yes. The book that I recommend is Cosmos and Psyche by Richard Tarnas. It's a detailing of outer planet transits throughout history and how they coincide with major historical cycles. Mm. It's getting a lot of hype right now because it quite literally described what's happening right now based on some of the alignments in the most beautifully dense, voracious detail. I mean, I have it on my table. Like, it's my favorite astrological book. And I'm actually going to be studying under him for my PhD, the author of this, Richard Tarnas, because what? this, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to get into is astrology is uh, a heavily historical academic way of realizing the structure of reality because it's correlatory and the way that it um, is seen as a phenomenon, it isn't necessarily causing anything, but it's signaling these extreme cycles throughout history and his book takes you through the outer slower moving planets throughout history which if you're a history nerd or at least someone who wants to have your mind blown this is like 700 pages of clear-cut ways of looking at history through cycles of peaks and restructuring and valleys and right now we're in a cycle of massive collective contraction and that can be either a nuclear bomb or that can be a birth canal and that tone has been set so the the, the deep contraction for all of us personally we know what it is but there 2020 is still in the midst of that birth canal and we can decide um to reroute some of that cooperation if we choose to 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so helpful. I'm really excited to get 700 pages. Wow, no wonder, no wonder. But the beautiful thing is something that is one of your gifts is that you are able to take on all this information, consume this knowledge, but at the same time, you also can set, I've noticed like the knowledge and every, uh, everything that you consume aside and just truly soak in your own intuitive knowing now that you have been so exposed to this for so long, which then has led to certain terms like grounding the woo cultural cultural inertia and uh portal hype for do you mind explaining these terms they're amazing of course not i would love to i so grounding the woo is a phrase that i coined because i immediately felt a little weird when people called astrology woo because for me i I understand that a lot of people get into it because they come into contact with new age spirituality, but astrology is not inherently spiritual. It's a correlatory study of pattern synthesis where we're looking at celestial movements and earthly events. And many people find astrology because they're into the fringes. And so it correlates with things that are more woo or are more, more, more spiritual. And that means that a lot of those who practice astrology are highly spiritual, intuitive beings, myself included. I do use astrology for parts of my spiritual practice, but astrology itself and other practices that are very practical, for lack of a better, uh, uh, more resonant word. They are very rooted in definite rationale and concepts. I'm interested in no longer making them frivolous or playing them up as something otherworldly right. when they don't necessarily have to be magical if we have a correct conception of the intelligence of the universe in general, that we can treat them without appealing to this woo factor. We can simply stand in our truth about them and say that there's nothing um, wooey about them. And that's what grounding the woo came from. It's kind of like, let's take this shit seriously and make it something that we're um, just grounded about. And really, really, I mean, a lot of astrologers that might get a lot of screen time can tend to be more performative. But in the astrological community, there's plenty of like, regular 40 something guys who are financial astrologers who are i don't know wear button downs and like like go to baseball games and it's not super um as a witch myself like i'm not representative of the astrological community and so with that portal hype is a word that i use to describe the unnecessary dramatization of astrological alignments uh -huh. not that i think that no one can use the word portal. I personally don't really know what it means or have any, not that everything has to be rooted in like, this is part of a theory and I can directly qualify it. But um, I guess if, if you're going to say it, I can understand when you say this is a time to harness and open up to experiencing certain things. I'm not against the word, like you can use it. Um, I don't specifically, I mean, I'm a cyborg computer and so I speak talking about like bandwidth and uh, downloads and things like that. So it doesn't really fit in my ontology, but the way I describe it is just seeing people who may not be representative of the astrology community of professionals that I'm seeing online, but that I see people saying that every full or new moon specifically is a portal. And um, that means that every two weeks there's a portal. And that just seems like an awfully 
diluted statistic. And so I've actually spoken out about this where I just caution people against um, either promoting or buying into every moon or transit being a portal that there might be more specific words for the type of specific energy that you're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a lot of backlash because some people's practices involve really hyping up every moon. And if your practices aren't rooted in the astrology, then I'm not talking to you. So I've gotten to actually like in a lot of heated, like I've sparked a lot of heated uh, d discourse in the witch community, especially on TikTok, because at the time of posting a video where I was like, not every full or new moon is a horcrux. It's not a super blood full portal. Um, I wasn't speaking to people that part of their practice is naming the moon outside of what the astrology even says. So if, if your practice is not rooted in being astrologically um, minded, then, then, then this isn't applying to you. But for people who are interested in um, speaking on the astrology, yeah, not everything is a portal. If, if, if something's going to be a portal, I'm going to consider it to be an eclipse. And that's a scary ass portal that as someone born under an eclipse, like I get why the ancients are like, King's going to die. Let's all like, like it's a very faded, um, unexplicably buckle up sort of time. And so I just caution against people who for the sake of drama, are spreading a message of everything being a portal. That's what I consider portal hype. And then cultural inertia. Since every micro decision that we make is towards a certain energetic resonance, the more in which we engage in certain behaviors strengthens our pathways towards behaving in a certain way. When we have like decades, years, millennia behind us of certain mindsets, beliefs, or practices in the collective, often we don't even realize the way in which we are distorted into acting, believing, and embodying certain, certain energies. Yeah. So there's a lot of cultural inertia behind the way in which people live, and that's, no, that's not good or bad. It's not a prescriptive. It's just a fact. And the more that we can realize how intertwined we are with the past that has powered us to get here, the more in which we can decide for ourselves what momentum we want to preserve and what momentum we want to halt and reinvigorate ourselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, so if I were to take that third of this entire whole that we've been talking about your terms, that first third with the ground, the woo, I think that is the perfect uh, clip to send to those that I know they could be in the spiritual space or they perhaps are not because they're very pragmatic minded, but that's a way for those people that are extremely into practical practices and who love education and science and yada, yada, that's such a beautiful way for them to understand the reality that astrology does gift us. One of my close friends, Vishuddha Das, I think he just posted, I remember he was um, sharing how why he doesn't believe in astrology and he's like, well, because all the planets, it's all one, it's all together. How, why would we separate it out? But it's not, a, I mean, we're also, you're also at the same time simultaneously. Like, yes, we're one, but you're also Marin. I'm also Raquel just for source's sake, right? To experience all this. So I think that clips like that would really help those that have a hard time seeing the how, the structure of astrology, especially when they want to foresee what might come or also make more sense of the past and the present. I think that that is such a beautiful way. Of course, for me, I have been pretty otherworldly for a while. So whether it is 
I love, of course, pragmatic everything that people share because I'm like, oh, yes, that's why sometimes I'll be like, this episode's also for the skeptics, you know, because I'm, I'm just more excited about people finding what works for them and what resonates with them. And that's why I also love portal hype because a lot of people think the same as you. I've also had people bring, bring that up before and I've thought about it before. I'm like, every two weeks we have this huge phenomenon, you know, like I used to think that too. That's why I don't really share every single full moon. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I don't talk. I might not even go on Instagram on full moons and new moons. It's my own rhythm. It's whatever I feel like doing, right? However, I do think that it, I have seen it help a lot of people because they deeply resonate with that. And so that's another thing. It's like whatever really resonates with you. It helps some people really follow that to explore their business and they truly feel and believe in those moments. I'm like, yes. And for me, portals, I mean, we, we're opening up our own portal right now, in right. A sense, right? But that's more, again, a hype. That's just a word. That's just a term. That's just a term that is almost also that can either be um, on another dimension or simply just representative of a great event, right? It's really whatever, but I love portal hype because a lot of spirituality can be extremely, extremely hyped and that can turn off a lot of people that don't resonate with that because we're all so uniquely different. And so I'm so for people just finding whatever deeply resonates with them. And you are indeed, I mean, I love how focused and niche you are, which of course will attract certain people, but then that expands later. Right. And so your niche in this and attracting those type of people, those like-minded beings that haven't resonated with a lot of stuff, that is going to be so powerful for the expansion of this universe and the evolution of consciousness. Because right now, if it's only the new agey stuff, that's still just not going to, we can't force anybody to believe that because they've had their own perspective. And so I truly love, that's one reason why I just love that. And then of course, a cultural inertia keeps us more aware of like, wow, how are we also trying to fit into these norms? I love that you found your own voice and rhythm and style and terms and practices. And yes, I'm so beyond proud of you. You're so amazing and so in tune. Thank you. It being in tune required finding what that tune was. And as someone who I would hear a lot about people who, you know, reconnected to their inner child or things like that. But as someone who never really felt like an inner child, for me, finding that authentic voice took a lot of trial and error. And I mean, things indicated in my natal chart that do indicate some confusion around self, but a lot of power behind that self meant that I did go through many different, um, trying on a lot of different hats that included a lot of what is now funny compared to my like only wearing red white black witchy tattooed self um but i had to you know experience the contrast and the discord i felt embodying like the southern blonde that i tried for so long to end up where i am now which i now see as um for what I didn't, I didn't have necessarily an expander of someone who was highly interested in academic discourse, but who also was embodied in looking a certain way or presenting themselves in a totally extra, like my level of extra knows no bounds in research and in just the amount of like aesthetically how I present myself. And it, it's more uncomfortable for me to try and hide that than it is to simply, you know, let it all be there. And 
there's a really good quote, I believe it's from Marianne Williamson, where it's, um, who are you not to be powerful? Who are you not to embody everything? And I think about that a lot because the more in which I can simply be in my zone of genius, which the more I do that, the more that I can get rid of the tasks and delegate that in which is not my zone of genius, the more in which that genius multiplies and I can spread my truth, which even if it's not related to anyone else's, compassionately encourages and demands that they do the same. Oh, absolutely. You're here to be your truth and to be your authentic self, no matter what. And what everything that you've envisioned since you were younger is all going to end up aligning because you're so deeply tapped into your authenticity. And guess what? I can already see it. So working out for you, everything it's unfolding. I had chills by the way, when you were talking about how you are going to, no matter what, just own your look and it's so empowering and anybody that has this other they feel as though they have to uh, dress a certain way uh, look a certain way because of cultural inertia their own society that surrounds them or their friends on instagram or just assuming that for example i know that there are a lot of people that follow a lot of looks that might represent spirituality you know just a little hippie like if that's them amazing but if it's not resonating you do you people are going to acknowledge that and love it and find it and beautiful and empowering so you are such a goddess and you are so a great example of someone who is truly empowering and tapped into herself and i just love that so much about you thank you it there's when i was becoming more aligned in my truth i was aware of I, I was aware of um what that truth felt like and at the time i was actually afraid of stepping into it fully because i thought that becoming spiritual would make me lose my identity i attached really firmly to an identity of being like emo sad girl 666 and i thought that if i stepped into my authentic light and started sharing my astrology and admitted that I was reading a lot of these Eastern texts and listening to Abraham Hicks, that somehow I would go back to um, having like a golden mane and my tattoos would leave and it would just be, it would be awkward. And the more in which I actually dove deeply into myself, the more that I realized that there's no way for me to lose myself by becoming spiritual, that in fact, I got even witchier and more tattooed and that even without the presence of a direct role model or energetic energetic copycat that I would I could visualize that the more in which you take opposite action and dive headfirst into whatever feels the most least entangled there's a word I use in philosophy a lot to describe most of my arguments and theories and the word is parsimony and it means adopting the simplest theory possible as the most logical choice and frankly the least amount of entanglement based on what others believe we should be or what we feel like the less clutter is in our mind and so like literally the most parsimonious argument for living your life is to find that in which is simplistic at its core most aligned and that does not have to be explained to anyone because it's not quantifiable in the linear way that a lot of us do look to pigeonhole people. And the more in which we can choose a less entangled way of living, and a lot of that 
I found astrology to help out because I can see clear cycles and I know what to focus on and whatnot. But just personally, the more in which I can relate it back to me always and what just feels most aligned takes away a lot of that. Um, the, the trauma drama that I simply don't experience because I don't allow my reality to contain that. Yeah. The trauma drama. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Marion, I'm so glad that you are really just focusing on your own alignment and keeping it as simple as possible. And that's such a powerful message because I think the reason why people have such a hard time deciding certain situations and everything can become so convoluted is because we're not taking that pause to listen and find that alignment, which is way more simple than our mind likes to tell us. We yeah. might think and our we're exposed, especially with the power of social media, we're exposed to whatever else, what everyone else is doing. We feel like we need to be there and do that as well. When in reality, if you just take that pause and you find that simplicity, you can listen and find it. And I think that you're such a great example of that. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, I am so appreciative for my childhood self, which I believe had to be a reincarnation of some fractal of a past astrologer because I just came in here like like when I learn when I learn it when I learn it I don't feel like I'm um learning it I feel like I'm recollecting it which you know if that if if you also feel like you're recollecting things I recommend you read Plato because he goes into a lot of interesting theories about us being recollective beings not learning anything new but I I attribute my early adoption of astrological verbiage and understandings to what has helped me have a more wholehearted, fluid, nuanced conception of myself and other people that um, accommodates for complexities. Oh my gosh. And the way that you also explain complexities really helps a lot of people understand it more deeply. Just so you know, that's a gift. You have a lot of gifts that you are really tapping into and sharing and not hiding from being unabashed about showing compassion in everything. Before we get into random fire, I actually want to hear your articulation, if you have time to share uh, your take on the sun signs, the moon signs, and the rising signs really fast. You don't have to go through each season if you don't want to, because I just think that your macrocosm perspective of it would be really helpful for a lot of people to Totally. So I'll start with the rising signs. So astronomically, when we're born, there's a constellation a sign rising over the eastern horizon. So because that sign is emerging in light, it is rising on the horizon, and astrology is a symbolic correlation, the rising sign represents the archetype of how our soul is entering our body. And the rising sign is also the most personal point in the chart that deals directly with our personality, our body, and our identity. The natal chart is a depiction, or any any astrology chart, is the chart symbolically of the planets around the earth at a certain moment. And every chart is a promise to be brought forth. When that chart is a human's first breath, that is referred to as a natal chart, and the promise to be brought forth is a human life. And that promise includes things both about us personally and about external people and events. So most of the natal chart is not you and your psychology. Most planet is not specifically referring to an aspect of your mindset. It's more so referring to external people situations and timing throughout your life. 
that will have multiple manifestations, but the rising sign, which falls into the first whole sign house. And for listeners, I recommend that you use whole sign houses, not necessarily the default natal chart. I recommend on astro.com, pull up your whole sign house chart. It'll make things a lot simpler in the long run. Um, And I have multiple videos up on my YouTube explaining why you should look at whole sign houses and whatnot. But I, the rising sign, which falls in the first house, the first house relates also specifically to our physical body and ourself. It's the only house in the chart that will undoubtedly refer to you. So therefore the rising sign is not a mask. It is not a superficial layer. It is quite literally the archetype that you are playing out in your flavor on life. It will directly correspond to your physical appearance, to the tone that you place on things, and to the vibe that you bring. Um, So much sense. Right, right. A lot of people don't see me and they're like, you're a Leo. It makes sense that, well, they might see me and think I'm a Leo, but then they get to know me and they think I'm more cancer-like. It makes sense. Yeah. And um, that archetype, as always, will manifest a bit differently based on where the ruler of that rising sign is placed. It gets very detailed, but long story short, the rising sign is um, more so you, your physical body, the indicator of you in the chart. The sun, when you think of the sun, it's what lights up everything. It's what's necessary and what shines to see everything else. So the sun is not so much us and our identity as much as it is what we're creating as a role or playing as a career-based archetype, it's not necessarily always a cut and dry vocational indicator, but it's more so what is the path of the actions that you're taking and who do you want to be seen for being? The sun also often indicates the father, authority figures, rank, reputation. Um, so the sun directly relates to things like fame and uh, success and notoriety. The moon then directly relates to the body and the rhythms and that which is more fluctuatory. And the moon can relate to our internal environment. It can also relate to our mother or our internal figures. And so there's a popular notion that I directly want to not adopt, which is the rising is a mask, the sun is um, you, and then the moon is your internal world. Not really. It's more so the rising and the rising, specifically the ascendant degree, um, and that which is showing is your your persona. The sun is then the role, the embodiment that you are putting on as a diligent duty in the world, and the moon is then the fluctuations and rhythms and what those look like for you on a day-to-day uh, basis, which often does relate to your internal world, but it's it's not purely emotional. It can also deal with your physical body um, based on how that changes and your your mother or maternal figures. So that's basically those three little three little chart indicators. Makes so much sense. Makes so much yeah. sense. And that's why, because I used to be like, I'm not fully a Leo though. And that <laughs> totally yeah. makes so much sense when you really dive into all of it. And then of course, there's so much power into going deeper and understanding your Jupiter, your Pluto, your Saturn, yada, yada, and how that all lines. Um, but when someone does say, uh, oh wait, by the way, do you have to leave right at two your time? Or no, do you think no, totally fine. Yeah. Okay, double check you, double yeah. check you. <laughs> um, perfect. So when someone does say, because I think that it is interesting, like 
people don't believe in that word believe in astrology you know lack of a better better term categorical error you don't have to believe in a phenomenon for it to exist like you you can believe in it or not time is going to exist it doesn't but your belief does not validate the core yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's and i think that it's just so interesting for if someone were to actually go to someone like you an astrologer and get the entirety of their astrology chart done that might actually, not that I care that they shift their perspective, but I do think that there's so much power in understanding more of this universe. When it's like the universe speaks to us in numbers and in a sense, astrology kind of shares a mathematical map to Mm. everything that's going on and within you. That's one thing I've noticed. That's probably another reason why you were drawn to it because you really, I I could be wrong. I know that you said you daydreamed. I was a daydreamer as well in school because I'm like, my own form of meditation. I'm not interested in this. However, I have a feeling, an inkling of feeling that you were interested in, or you could easily um, understand math very well. Yeah. It's funny because I had no resonance with the study of algebra or linear like calculus. I could do it well if I wanted to. I just decided I didn't care, but I loved geometry and the way that things related. And I was good at that. And of course, <laughs> astrology is um, hella math. Thankfully, yeah. I have computer programs that do it for me, but I have to understand that to be able to uh, appropriate what that means. And it's a ton of what I like to say is astrology itself is not intuitive. It is not. Um, it is not like I don't know malleable. It's a very very linear practice. It's not a science because we aren't using experiments to validate things. It's not an art because we aren't pulling creativity out of our ass. It's a tool of pattern synthesis. Um, I go in detail just because when people call it a science or an art, I'm like, it's neither. And it doesn't have to be either for it to be valid. I have lots of philosophical discourse videos. Human mind that loves to categorize everything, you know, and I, that's so true. It is not malleable. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. is. You you are what you are. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we get into random fire, do you have any other last messages that you'd like to share? I would say that I encourage anyone who, like you said, doesn't know more than their sun sign to simply pull up the natal chart and see what looking at it feels like. Because even without understanding necessarily the ins and outs, there's often a feeling of coming home without believing that the natal chart is us because the natal chart is a direct mirror and symbolic map which can be kind of esoteric to think of it as, but we are not our chart in the same way that we are not the person in the mirror. It's a exact perfect, um, it's a, it's astrology is like the clock on the wall. It isn't making it three o'clock, but it's directly telling you that it's three o'clock. And so mm-hmm. astrology isn't something to work against or say is one force. It's a mirror of all the forces and it's a way of looking at things. And so There's a power in which when we have the knowledge of there being cosmic intelligence that is not anthropocentric or human-like, but that is in everything, there's a feeling of coming home often simply to see that there was energy representing the moment of our birth that can be a symbolic map to better understanding ourselves and the promise of our entire life that includes other beautiful and uh, growth-oriented events as well. And so if someone might be new to thinking of astrology in this way, 
I invite you to just pull up your chart on astro.com and see what that feels like because there's a beautiful sense of coming home when you open up to that structure. Astro.com, good to know. And I'll definitely obviously put that in the show notes. <laughs> um, actually, something did just come to mind because people, so many people really are swayed by the full moon and the new moon. I'm actually super into waning and waxing moons right now, to be honest. Just, I almost use it as a, just a deliberate time to deeply connect with Mama Moon. There's something about her in the sky that really I just feel so pulled to, right? You're a cancer, um, if you're a Cancer rising, you are quite literally ruled by the moon. So, I mean, <laughs> no wonder. My seasons are so reflective in cycles every yeah. single month. And I'm like, this is not just a phenomenon, but at the same time, I know that not everybody's experiencing this exact right. cycle. And so it's kind of being aware of your own. But for some reason, I've been told before that full moons, you're more out there, yada, yada. But for whatever reason, I'm kind of more introverted during the full moon, which is interesting. Um, but it really just depends on the season. However, I know that there is so much power in the moon. And I'm just curious when it comes to not anything that's malleable, not anything that's artistic and creative, but what, how you would define our relationship with the moon and the macrocosm perspective of her. Yeah, so the transiting moon is the fastest moving celestial body in the sky. So even though there are more long-term energies, when we're thinking day to day, the moon changes sign every two and a half days and is making multiple conversations with different plants throughout that time. So the moon, if I were to pull up a chart right now, would represent the matter at hand. That would be us having a conversation. The moon is what is happening on a day-to-day -day level that fluctuates and what is changing. And so in the sky, when it's in the new moon phase, that is for all of us, the birth, the beginning, the darkness of something, it then waxes to its full moon. It builds up the full moon. It has the most visibility. It is culminating. And then after that, it is reducing in light. It is going underneath. It's hiding, it's hiding and until the new moon phase so that in the sky, the moon is the smallest, most um, accessible player. While other things represent more specific collective energies or events, the moon is kind of dawdling along, doing her thing. She represents often manifestations because those things are more fleeting and is, um, is a good day-to-day -day indicator of the morale. Wow. There we yeah. go, everyone. If you're curious on her take on the moon after what we talked about, I just figured that popped my mind. People will be questioning, well, then if not, then what is, you know? Yeah. Random fire, are you ready? Yes. Okay, so we know your sun is Virgo. Your rising is Capricorn. What's your moon sign? Libra moon. Libra moon, all right. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. I knew it. Of course. Now, what kind of coffee do you love to, do you like it black? Do you like black cold brew? La Colombe. Um, if you're from New York, you know La Colombe. I do not. When, once this lockdown implemented in 2020, I immediately found that La Colombe ships their cold brew. That was a non-negotiable, specific, very, very particular with my coffee and my cold brew. Yeah. You can order this anywhere in the country. Order La Colombe cold brew. Please sponsor me. Yeah. Noted. My mom only likes cold brew coffee now. She does not drink coffee. And then I introduced her to cold brew. So maybe I'll have to order some specifically for her, which you know, she loves you by the way. <laughs> um, your favorite recipe on your blog, by the way, everyone, marinaltman.com. Just look at the recipes. I was drooling. Like, are you kidding me? Red velvet oatmeal. So what's your favorite recipe? 
peanut butter plantain pad thai. There's so many other recipes I love, but that is the most extra combination. Like I love all my cookie recipes, especially my pumpkin chocolate chip peanut butter ones. My, I love my yellow curry pumpkin cashew pasta, but the peanut butter plantain pad thai is like boom, boom, boom. You got the tofu, the brown rice noodles, the peanut butter sauce, the plantain, the everything. Yeah, yeah amazing and you you're plant-based how long have you been plant-based vegan for as of march five years above it's funny because i still say above all else i am an animal rights advocate as someone who my grandmother who passed two years ago she was a holocaust survivor and my whole family on my dad's side except for her died in the holocaust and so that i grew up with an awareness that i could have atrocity in front of me and then also being in that household where my parent wasn't necessarily feeding me meant I got my shit together really quick. Researching nutrition plus an awareness of atrocity meant that, like like I said, I, I base my life on parsimony. What's the simplest, most logical thing? And it's like a no-brainer just on so many different levels. And so five years as of March, and I found out that that means, among other things, over a million gallons of water saved. So above the astrology if you're new to learning about plant-based lifestyle like um sending sending you through the phone some cosmic uh resonance around that yeah well you also have on your youtube what i eat in the days in new york and i think that that's so wise and you got your witchy stuff and i've never had a witch on here we might have to do another part too so <laughs> yeah. i don't think i have had i have i had a witch on here i don't think i have i don't i I would say you have, but they probably oh, yeah. don't know they're a witch and they wouldn't call themselves one. Right. Well, I've had witches who actually have called themselves one, but we've never talked about. Yeah. I'm wide out of the broom closet at this point. I love it. I love it. Um, my cousins are also witches. And apparently a lot of my, on my dad's side, his cousins, oh, some of them, most of them have passed away, but they were as well. And his aunt, aunts, I'm like, oh. I don't know. No. People ask me all the time if I'm a witch. I've never really identified as one, even if my practices are very similar. But yeah. Okay. I So would you rather, I typed in on Google, I'm like, what is the least compatible with Virgo sun sign? What sun signs are? And so this could yeah. be totally off. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> would you rather date a Gemini or a Sagittarius? I knew you were going to say that because I don't find myself uh, having much many any kind of relationship with major placements in those signs I would rather date I, I would rather date a Sag Sag <laughs> why because I have a lot of planets in Leo I have Mercury Venus Mars and Leo so I know at least my those are going to be trying to that I, I, yeah maybe they're they're all there's a couple things in my chart that would work slightly better with Sag than Gemini just based on one placement yeah those are those yeah <laughs> Wise, wise. I get it. I get it. And no wonder we connect. I noticed like if someone has Leo somewhere or something, there's yeah. a definite resonance. Favorite place on Mama Earth? New York City in my apartment. I also, there are some places on Earth. I mean, I love Barcelona, but I prefer to astral project than actually travel. Mm. Notably, I think that because I grew up having a lot of access to travel and I also grew up without any rules or parenting, my medicine is you get a routine, you get a home, you get 
not to have to move or do anything exciting. Whereas a lot of people want the excitement and they want the, I'm, I also, um, a diagnosed phobia of planes might be playing into this. That seems to not be dying down, but rather, uh, <laughs> especially now. Yeah. Yes. So I'm uh, my right here in my East Village apartment that literally best. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm honored that you came all the way to Bali and all the way yes. to Sedona to come to the retreats. So beyond honored. No. <laughs> what is true happiness? True happiness is presence. Mm-hmm. Because in the presence, there is no, there is quite literally nothing wrong if you're present. There's no possibility for the mind to involve itself in trauma drama if you're fully present. And happiness is a more accessible and fleeting version of joy. And presence underlies both of them. But I think that true happiness is allowing yourself to release attachment to that which is distracting you from that truth. So the universe, Marin, gave you free billboards, no cost whatsoever to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read? It's tattooed on me. And if I had to have one phrase on a billboard, it would be nullius in verba. It's Latin for take no one's word for it. Mm. Would you include the English so people understood? Probably not. I would actually probably want my tattoo because it's really cool and it has a dragon and then hope that people actually notice that there was writing on it, but I would just want to show it off. But no, I would probably keep it in the Latin, maybe with a little asterisk and have it really clean looking with like nullius and verba asterisk and then take no one's word for it. Oh, good. Also, that's so profound. I'm starting to definitely consume less so I can tune in more because I'm recognizing so much that might be true for them, but not for me, which is really hard given the career that I have to do. But (laughs) I took during my dark night of the soul, which lasted around two years, I took about two years to, I literally could physically not handle listening to any external content. I mean, anything. It would make me nauseous to try to do anything. And so still to this day, I really can't, I don't have the attention span nor the vibration that can allow me to watch or listen to very many things. But if you feel yourself in a place of, if a listener feels themselves in a place of perpetual boredom coupled with hyperstimulation, that is a direct, you're not resonating. So like create when you feel that. Yeah. Amen. That's a huge message that I've been really shouting out there, but it is also nice to find those expanders out there. And I'm sure that many are very excited to be introduced to you. I'm really happy and so honored that you came on and not only that you came to the retreats, but you came on today to really share your message. And I feel even more deeply connected to you because of who you are. Now that I fully know, there's always been something about you, some little light whenever you'd walk in, like I was just so drawn to. And now, and it's not just because we got the slim color, <laughs> but I'm so thankful to have this time. But first, of course, I got to ask you, that last question that I ask all the Your Own Magic guests, how would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? To hold space for themselves, to encounter the flame of magic that already exists within them. Because when we are confused about what our own magic is, it's because there is 
a lot of layers of bullshit sediment on top of that magmic core. Mm-hmm. And if you can hold space for yourself to unravel and peel off and go through what might be shadow work, what might simply be inquiry, what might simply be returning to what's fun, there is already so much magic within that does not even need to be worked for, that we don't need to work hard. We can find alignment. We can let go of this hustle. And there is magic in the space between breaths. There is magic in those places where you haven't filled them with cultural inertia or micro decisions that are no longer conscious, that if you can hold space for yourself to consciously be accountable for what your vibration is and allow for flow state rather than force flow state, that's how you can create your own magic is to recollect the reason the the specific frequency that is you in this form beautiful and you definitely embody that thank you raquel thank you where can everyone find you and i need to find you on tiktok now that i know you're on tiktok oh my god it's i started tiktok like six weeks ago as a joke i posted a why i hate your zodiac sign video it has almost a million views i have as of today 30k followers on tiktok in less than six weeks quite literally i have no idea what's happening that has been the explosion that has been i booked with clients for weeks i have a course starting soon that is like yeah literally because of this one video yeah marin are Um, you kidding me no, no. I remember, I remember we were right before that hike. Someone was like, Marion, you should get on TikTok. As we, when we were taking that TikTok with Alexandra, you're like, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll try it out because we were going to do the renegade. And you're like, maybe I'll try out TikTok. We'll see. I remember this feeling for months of if you join this platform, there's some weird, like, like just, just something's going to happen. And then as a joke, I posted this really, really dramatic, like why I hate your sign video, which is so, if you know me, so funny when I'm talking about like philosophical discourse most of the time. And because it's so dramatic, it offended everyone who watched it under the age of 14, which meant that I have over 10,000 comments of angry children that are so, so triggered. And it's pushed me in the algorithm so hard. And it's just, I've so, I cannot, I would never say haters make me famous. I never thought I would say that, but quite literally, these like nine-year-old children have 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 made me at this point have like thirty thousand in like a week. I'm um, so happy because it's really not easy to grow and on other platforms. No, really everyone is stagnant. People understand I don't have to follow others. I can just go look up their profile. Yeah. You know? So TikTok is where it is at. Because to be honest, if you don't follow them, then you don't really remember. <laughs> because- right, right. But yeah, my. All of my social media is Marin Altman. It is really simple. My website is Marin Altman. My Instagram, Marin Altman. My Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and Twitter are, they're all Marin Altman and I'm really active every day on there and I love engaging with people. Every Wednesday, I hold astrology questions on my Instagram for Mercury's Day. So if you ever have questions, I am there. And I make videos for each sign, each rising sign, forecasts for every month on YouTube, along with informative and lifestyle videos. So 
if you search me, you'll get more than you bargained for. And um, I'm not sorry about it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. It's working. I'm so happy for you. Oh my gosh. Yay. Everybody go follow Mary and you might have seen her many times on my Insta story doing yoga flows. When uh-huh. we're free. You're in my highlights as well. I love you so much. So much. I love you too, Raquel. So much appreciation for this beautiful conversation um, that I know is illuminating and radiating radiating out into the cosmos it is this is the portal i'm talking about mary (laughs) this is why i didn't feel comfortable using the word until this very moment this is i declare and i will never speak it again yeah (laughs) oh i love you yomis that is a wrap that is a wrap for this episode i hope that something spoke deeply to you expanded you in some way please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group, especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. The Pyrite is monthly and the gold membership is just a one-time payment. But don't forget that there's an upcoming at-home retreat experience called Home. You can visit that at youronmagic.life forward slash home. And that will be with Brie Melanson and I, my fellow alien channeling Palladian boss babe. (laughs) Alright, well, thank you so much. So, so much and have a magical rest of your day.